What's up, y'all? Hey, guys. It's a packed house. I'll start talking before y'all start clapping. So, anyways, uh, yeah, so it's really cool you guys are here. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, thanks for that, everybody, every time. Um, so, it's crazy that hurricane just decided to, like, stop when it got to Morgantown. I guess it couldn't handle the mo the Mountaineers or something. It just, because it didn't do anything. It, like, sprinkled for, like, a little bit last night. And then it was like, ah, I'll leave you guys alone. But anyways, I'm honored. I, I would feel really honored if you guys were all here to to hear me preach. But I know y'all are here for probably Missions Reveal tonight, right? Yeah? It, it is a big deal. Mission trips are awesome. I'm excited for each and every one of you guys. It is so cool. As the missions director, I think about these trips literally like from May until like October when we reveal them. And then it's just amazing because I don't have to worry about keeping it a secret or anything like that. Uh, but anyways, my life was changed on a mission trip. A lot of you guys heard about the trip that was taken up here in 2012 from Sam Houston State where our staff came from. Jordan led that trip up here when he was an intern. And uh, it was crazy uh, just being up here on that trip. I'd never seen a campus like WVU before. The culture, the party scene, just the abundant sin that was like, you know, everywhere on the campus. It was, it was crazy. Literally, it was what the, the, what they, what we call the first day of spring, right, where people are just day drinking. And it was, it was I like grew up in church and I never got involved with the party scene. So seeing all of this was like so crazy for me. Um so crazy that like when we had a prayer meeting, I still remember exactly where I was standing. It was a Wednesday night of that trip that I decided that I wouldn't be satisfied if I wasn't doing anything about college lives, college people living in sin. And so I went from wanting to be a coach and a teacher to wanting to do Chi Alpha. And so, yeah, it was awesome. Switched like that. It was my senior year and then did the internship the next year. So maybe some of you guys will have a story like that uh, this year when you go on a trip. And although that sounds scary, I had people, we had people come to Sam Houston tell stories like mine all the time where I was like, oh yeah, God spoke to me in a dream and I was, you know, going to be an engineer and then, you know, he showed up and I changed immediately, right? Senior year, last semester, heard the story a million times. If you feel nervous now, don't worry. So did I. And when I decided to do Kyle full-time, it was like no big deal. So if the Lord calls you to that, then, you know, like you'll be ready when he asks you to. It's crazy, though, because I really do feel like I was made for this. Chi Alpha, campus ministry, discipleship, it is so amazing. A lot of you guys, I think, might have um, a tough time hearing God's voice sometimes because you're in college where the world is screaming at you, only do things that you earn, only take things that you like get yourselves um, do the biggest and the best thing that you can do. Be the biggest and the best person that you can be. Have an impact on this world. And we think that in order to do that, we have to get this degree that says that we're worth something. Or we have to give our time to causes like AK for AK, which is awesome. Or, you know, other things that aren't so great that we still give mass amounts of time to, right? We're trying to be some people that like are really important. We're trying to find value in this life. We're trying to give ourselves to things that will like make us be known for all of history right and so there's like this internal desire this like human nature that we want to like be on this adventure we want to like get the biggest thrill and like I'm not saying that any or all of these things that like I'm sure most everyone in here has something like that including Kyle for that you're involved with not all of these things are bad and a lot of them probably aren't but I just wanted to 
point out that like it can be tough to hear God's voice with like all of these things, all of these other voices coming at us um, in our lives. And so tonight I wanted to look back to the story of Jonah to help us ask these to answer these questions of, you know, like, how do I choose what's best for my life? How do I choose who to hang out with? How do I choose what to give myself to, what to give my time to, what to pursue and really like what to what to aim for, basically. And so um, we're going to look into Jonah. If you weren't here last week, you or not last week, two weeks ago. We missed out last week, too, because John Cashel was here two weeks ago. Matt Springer. No one likes him here. Dang, that's crazy. Wow. Fairmont State, uh, Chi Alpha Pastor, he's amazing. He helped us see with the first part of Jonah how God relentlessly pursues us, even though sometimes, like Jonah, we can be disobedient um, and just ignoring him and stubborn and angry. He still pursues us. Why? Because he wants us. And so we only got about halfway through the story, though, and he kind of left us hanging. And so if you guys didn't read the rest of the story, I don't see how you made it through the the last two weeks because it was like, what happened to this guy? He gets like spit out of this whale and then he's just laying there on the beach, right? So crazy story. I'm gonna give a little recap real quick. So Jonah, 760 years before Jesus was born, there was a prophet of God who didn't really do what God wanted him to do. God gave him a message to preach to a city called Nineveh. Um, And wait on the picture real quick. Uh, I got a picture up there. It's going to be really cool. Uh, But uh, Nineveh was this picture of about 120,000 people. It was huge. It took about three days to get through the entire thing. Probably not. Bless you, Alec. Wow, that was big. Uh, Anyways, it took about about three days to get through the city, so it was big. Uh, This city was part of the Assyrian Empire. The Assyrians were pagans. They had worship like child sacrifice, prostitution, self-inflicted injury. So there were some there were some bad people. At the time they had been oppressing Israel and many other nations. Their their empire had gotten like really big at this point. And so Jonah oh, Assyrian. My phone thinks I'm saying Siri. It's so annoying. <laughs> this British guy won't leave me alone. Anyways, so so that empire specifically that empire i won't say the name but anyways so so lame uh happened to me earlier too should have remembered um but anyways so uh assyrian empire they they weren't good they were bad guys and so jonah doesn't like them right so he's he's angry that god would even want him to preach to this nation so that they can even have a chance to repent right because what they were doing was you know just incredibly terrible with all of their worship styles, as well as like just oppressing and killing Israelites and other people, it seems like Jonah had pretty good grounds to be upset at God, right? Well, he was so upset that he wanted to make it very clear to God that he wasn't going to do this. So he gets on a boat to sail to a place called Tarshish, which is about 2,500 miles in the opposite direction of where he needed to go. I looked this up on a map, and you can put it up there now. Really cool maps, guys. Look, check it out. So where he was, was he sailed from Joppa down there on the right, bottom right, and Nineveh was up there about uh, northern Iraq today, and Tarshish way over there across the Mediterranean Ocean. 
Southwest Spain. It's a C. I was wondering that. I never corrected myself. Uh, Mediterranean Sea. He wanted to sail all the way over there to Tarshish, Southwest Spain. That is ridiculous. That is so ridiculous. He he literally like went as far as he could. That was actually as far west as the people at the time knew that they could go. It was before, you know, 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue, right? That was before all that stuff. So they, he, like, literally went to the other side of the world. And he paid to go that far. How expensive must, must that have been? It's like today... Flying is the primary way to get around, right? When you're going long distances, sailing probably was back then, right? Especially across the ocean, obviously. So he went down to the port and he was like, hey, man, give me a ticket for the other side of the world. And these guys are like, are you crazy? He was like, no, man, I'm running from God. And they're like, yeah, you're crazy. So he, he did that. That's like equivalent today. That's like flying to San Francisco instead of driving to Boston. That is so, that's literally across the entire nation, right? I mean, Boston and San Francisco both sound like really cool places to go, right, under certain circumstances. But when you're running from God and you're paying $560 for a one-way ticket with United Airlines to go to San Francisco, uh, you're going to need a lot of luck to get away from God because that is, that is, Kind of a waste of money. You might as well just take the safer route across land, 550 miles to do God's work, and you'd be, you know, way safer than on the ocean. Anyways, so basically, uh, that gets us almost to where we are at this week. Sorry, I'm trying to find uh, what's going on. Making sure my phone doesn't crap out on me again. Um, But anyways, so... What happens is, needless to say, they don't get very far, right? Um, They get, it doesn't actually say how far they get, but this storm raises up, sent by God, and these guys are like, hey, who caused this storm? And they start asking around, and they realize that it's Jonah's fault, right? And then this is what Jonah says to these guys. He says, when they ask him who he worships, he says, so they asked him, tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us. What do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. And they're like on this boat and they're like, dude, you are really crazy now. You're not just running from a God. You're running from the God who's like in charge of all this stuff. And so they get really mad at him. And so he's like, hey, guys, don't worry. Just throw me overboard and you guys will be okay." Seemingly a very unselfish act, but. We see later in the story that he was so angry. He was running from God. So he basically was just doing that for himself. It was, it was not for them at all. He, he literally wanted to just end his life right there. It was, it was an extremely selfish act. So these guys, they try and like um, find another way to get out of that mess, but they end up throwing him overboard. Storm calms immediately. They send up offerings to God. He gets swallowed by a huge fish sent by God, and then three days later, gets spat up onto the ground, right? Sounds like an awesome trip across the Mediterranean Sea, right? Sign me up. No, sounds terrible. What was he thinking? He wasn't thinking. He was just angry. And when you get angry, you don't think. You just do stupid stuff. So don't get angry. Anyways, that's not the point of the story. 
it's one of the points of the story, but not our point for tonight. But um, what happened was, after that, that kind of like gets us to where we ended last week. What happens after that, real quick, is that he is so angry, but he ends up going and actually preaching to Nineveh a very lousy message. He says seven words, 40 days, and uh, Nineveh will be overturned. Probably not what God told him to say, but he was probably trying to sabotage his message. God still anointed it because the entire nation repents, and the king like mandates that everyone repents and like give offerings to the Lord. And so it's crazy. Like The Lord still used his lousy attempt at cooperating with him, right? So Jonah gets angry that these guys repented, and then uh, he makes himself some shade to see if they actually, you know, outlast God's punishment that he never sent. And God sends a worm um, to eat away at this plant that he had provided for um, for Jonah to sit under for some shade. And Jonah gets even more mad, right? And he just basically is so enraged that he says, I am so angry I could die, right? So that brings us to the conclusion, except two verses of the story of Jonah. So Timmy is going to come up and read the end of our story. But the Lord said, You have been concerned about this vine, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and many cattle as well. Should I not be concerned about that great city? Thank you. That was amazing. His voice is so awesome. He probably looks a lot like Jonah, too. They probably had long hair back then to be like, Super cool, like surfer guys. Jonah probably shouldn't go surfing there. Um, Anyways, thank you, Timmy. We are, sorry, going to pray real quick and then hop into what we can learn from this story. Father God, thank you, Lord, for uh, just that you, um, that you reveal yourself to us through your word, God, that you um, pursue us so intensely, God, and that you want us to have a relationship with you. Um, And just through Jonah's story, God, would you speak to us, Lord? Would you help me speak your words? Holy Spirit, anoint me to reveal truth to everyone tonight, God. And would you um, speak specifically, directly to us tonight, each and every one of us, so that we can learn um, better how to walk with you um, and act on the truth that we're given tonight, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Sweet. So, the story of Jonah ends with a question. That is kind of weird. And that question is, um, you can go ahead and go to the next one just to make it a little bigger. Should I not be concerned about that great city? Should I not be concerned about that great city? This is God's question to Jonah. Why did he end it with a question? The reason I think God wanted Jonah to end his book with a question is because it wasn't only for Jonah's purpose that God asked him that question, but it was for Israel's purpose that that question was was supposed to be. See, Israel's purpose was to be God's chosen people, and their job, their responsibility 
was to be to the world God's reflection. They were supposed to walk with God. They were supposed to be like God. They were supposed to witness to the people around them, and they hadn't been doing that. As God's chosen people, they be, they became arrogant, and they said, hey, because we're God's, the God's, we belong to him. All other nations are lower than us, and especially because they're evil. And even though at the time Israel wasn't really any better than the rest of the nations around them. And so they've built up this arrogance. They've, they've forgotten about what they, were cre- what they were created and chosen to do, which was to walk with God and to be witnesses to the people around them, including, including the Assyrians, um, who were their enemies at the time. So neighbors and enemies alike, that was, that was who God called them to be witnesses to. And so when he ends it with the question, should I not be concerned about that great city? He was asking them two things, kind of. Um, well, basically, you can ask two questions with that. One is about God. It has to do with our perception of who God is. Should God not be concerned about that great city? What we think, what we believe about who God is will have great effects on our relationship with him. And so every single day, It is important that like Charles was talking about, like we've talked about for this entire semester, and as long as you've been here and as long as we've learned to do this, to read the Bible daily, because if you get out of it, then your ideas of God could greatly just be like thrown out and and skewed and like you, your relationship with them will suffer and your relationship with other people will suffer because not only is this a question about what we believe about God, but it's a question to us. It was a question to Israel, and it's a question to us about, should I, Christopher, not be concerned about that great city? Right? Should I, Nate, not be concerned about that great city? Should I, Ali, not be concerned about that great city? Right? This is a question about us and what we should be concerned about because when God was asking that question to Israel, it wasn't just about Nineveh. It was about the lost in general and, and the entire world. Should I not be concerned about people like those who live in Morgantown today, like those who he was talking about in Nineveh, who couldn't tell their right hand from their left, not be concerned about those people who desperately need me, who without some kind of intervention will continue to live in sin and darkness without light, without truth, just with deception. That is what God was asking Israel, and that's what God is asking us too. That's his question for us. And what's so cool about it is that this is not just um this is not just about us us going and hanging out with and talking to people that we don't like. If it was just that, it would be miserable, right? But like our question for our lives, this internal desire to do great things, to live life with the most amazing people that we can find, this is what God is inviting us to do with him. Like Jonah, even though he messed up, even though he was imperfect, even though he was angry, God still used that imperfect, angry, messed up man to preach to a city that was so way more messed up than he was, and they all repent. He anointed him because he was God's chosen servant. And God has anointed each and every one of us in here 
who walk with him to do the same thing. And so whether you're a Christian or not, this is God's invitation to you. It's his invitation to us to live life with him, to live life with the creator of the universe, the God who is over the sea and the land, the God who is slow uh, to anger and, and compassionate and abounding in love. That's what Jonah knows about God. That's why he was so angry to preach to these guys because he knew this was true about him. But how amazing it is that he calls us into relationship with himself and also to work with him. Who better, who more exciting to work with than the creator of the universe, than the, than the king of the world, than, than the guy who made all of this, who made us, who made our fibers and our bodies and, and everything that we have ever seen that is good came from him. And he is inviting us to walk through life with him, to be in relationship with him, to work with him. And you don't just see it with Jonah, you see it all throughout the Bible. He created Adam and Eve, and they walked side by side with him in the garden. That's crazy. With Noah, he called him to, for 100 years, build an ark so that he could use him to be the remnant of humanity while he flooded the earth because everyone else was so wicked that he had to destroy them. He calls Abraham to be the start of his nation, Israel, and he blesses him beyond like anything that I've ever been able to think about how much I could actually own. That's how much Abraham had. And then all throughout the Bible, like Charles was saying, this book is so amazing. It is filled with the most exciting stories that you could ever read, that you could ever think about. It is all in here. The good and the bad, it is in here. It is it's God's story of redeeming man of of living life with man of of pursuing man like god talked god like matt talked about uh two weeks ago like we've been learning through the study of the minor prophets this is god's invitation to us and so the coolest thing about this is that um god answered this question a little while ago when um, when he when he asked the question, should I not be concerned about that great city? He did something about it. And some of you guys know this this person. His name is Jesus. Two thousand years ago, his answer to the question, should I not be concerned about fill in the blank the entire world, that great city Nineveh, and everyone in between before and after, to the end of the earth. Jesus answered, should I not be concerned with giving his life on the cross so that we would not have to take the very well-deserved anger and punishment and wrath of God because we're sinners? He took it upon himself so that we could have this relationship with the Father, that we could live in eternity, that we are our internal, this human desire to to want to live the the most amazing life and and this thing that uh, makes us want to um, just have these times in our lives last forever. That's that's why we have these things is because he's created us to walk with him and to work with him. And so he's inviting us into this relationship with him. And I know I've said that a lot, but I want you guys to get this, that this is such a high privilege to walk with the creator of the universe who made the sea and the land, the king of the universe who kings bow down to, and he's so unselfish, and he has given his life 
and and he's our savior and and he came to this world to redeem us so that we could do the same thing and so our question for tonight should i not be concerned about my roommates should i not be concerned about my classmates my professors should i not be concerned about the muslims that walk around me every single day should i not be concerned about my family about my coworkers this is our response tonight to God's question is that we need to show concern in the same way that Jesus showed concern for us and for people all throughout history. This is our question for tonight. And I think we need to answer it with really just obedience to who God is and, and like accepting this invitation that God has given us. He's not promising us, promising us like sticks and dirt. That's what my mom always said that we were going to have for dinner if we didn't like what we were having Sticks and dirt. That's not what God is promising us. He's promising us eternal life. Sarah thinks that's really funny. Uh, he's promising us eternal life and an opportunity to walk with him. Just like all these guys in the Bible. Just like John Cashel, who's traveled the world. Just like some of us who have been to so many places and met so many cool people. And it's not about all that stuff. But these are some of the privileges that we get when we walk with Jesus. And so that, I, I just... I don't know. I feel like a lot of people think that Christianity is boring, um, but I think a, a lot of that has to do with your experience with God and probably more so your lack of experience with God because God's not boring. God is not boring. He is so wonderful. He's so amazing. He has made each and every one of you to reach those people in your lives. If you don't do it, if Jonah didn't do that, Nineveh might have perished. If you guys don't reach out to the people around you, no telling what happens. I, 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 I don't have that knowledge. No one has that knowledge. But the knowledge we do have, the truth that we do have, is that God has called us to have this responsibility. And so if we take time to listen to him, if we take time to spend daily time reading with him and his word and knowing who he is and gaining a burden for the lost and just allowing ourselves to accept this invitation that he's placed before us, then we're going to have, first of all, a lot more fun than we thought we would. And we're going to be doing what we were made to do, which is live life with the eternal God for all of eternity and invite others to do the same. So, band, you guys can come up. Um, I just wanted to give you guys um, an opportunity to respond to different kinds of invitations that God might uh, have have placed in front of you um, that you haven't responded to yet. The first one is really just the first step into relationship with him. If you haven't begun your relationship with Jesus, you haven't given your life, surrendered your life to him, then that that is, that is what I'm... Um, asking uh, you to do tonight it is so worth it it has never not been worth every single day living life with jesus so if you need to respond to that call then respond to that one some of you guys might be like jonah really angry at some people in your life and it's keeping you from um experience the more full life that jesus wants us to experience as his children and as his um, ambassadors and as his soldiers and just as his as his people in general so his invitation to that is forgiveness you need to forgive some of these people around you 
And you probably know that if he's put this on your heart, then that's what you need to do. Another one, maybe you don't think you're good enough to work for God or with God. You think you've messed up too many times. You don't think God can use you. You think you're way beyond repair. Well, that's not true. So respond to the invitation of of accepting Christ's sacrifice for you and, and that his blood and his and his his crucifixion was enough because he paid the price. So <laughs> we don't need to keep working for this. He's done it. He accepts you the way that you are. And then lastly, a call to work with him. I, like I said, I would not rather be doing anything else than what I'm doing right now. This is a purpose. This is a life fulfilled. I, <laughs> I, I can't express in words the things that God has allowed me to experience over the past, I guess really kind of five years since I've been in full-time ministry and, uh, and hopefully many more. Um, but yeah, if, if that's you tonight, like ask yourself, where is God calling me to ask yourself, ask yourself who, who is the great city in my life? Should I be concerned for fill in the blank? Go love them. Respond to this call of Jesus inviting us to work with him. And he's going to provide. He's going he's gonna to make everything work out in his good timing. So, yeah, if, uh, if you feel like any of those things are, are something that you need to respond to, this is going to be open here. It's called the altar. It's where you lay down sacrifices. And our sacrifice is ourself. And so if you need to spend time with the Lord and you want to do that up here, uh, we invite you to do that. We're going to spend a little bit of time in worship. And so you'll have plenty of time to, yeah, just talk to the Lord, whatever you want. So I'm going to pray and we'll we'll get into worship. God, thank you, Lord, for just Jonah's story, God, and, and challenging us to, to answer this question of, of who we should be concerned about. God, thank you for inviting us into relationship with you and being so much greater than anything that we could ever chase or fight for on this earth, God. Would you help us see your worth? Would you help us see how valuable you are and how great of a God you are to 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 allow us as humans, Jesus, to have a relationship with you? God, would you speak to us tonight? Holy Spirit, would you move? God, we love you. We pray these things in your name. Amen.